close to 11 a.m. on Saturday. I'm sitting around a campfire while the king and your mom and the spy and the entrepreneur go on a nature walk with a bunch of uh, his troop. I decided to stay back and be with the fire. And I don't, you know, there's a lot of noise and I like, I like my alone time, which rarely happens. So I thought I'd stay back and uh, maybe I'll read something. I think, I think we got to get through to Second uh, Chronicles 18 and uh, see what's going on there. So I'm just going to walk to the car or the truck and get the Bible, start reading it. We got here... Around a little bit last power. Let's see what time we get here. We got here around 5:30 last night. It was just getting dark. We, me and your mom, put a huge tent up. Let me tell you something. Here's how you know a marriage is strong. Uh, a good way to test a marriage: put a tent up with your spouse. And I remember the first time we put a tent up together, and it was wild and a little frustrating. But this time. And, you know, the more kids, the bigger the tent. Our tent is enormous. But it was a little frustrating, but we did not get too angry at ourselves. Which is good. Which is good. So, let's see. Hang on a second. Everything's dirty. Your mom isn't really that thrilled. <laughs> I'll set this on. So done. Let's see. I'll put this stuff there. Trying to dry stuff in my truck where the sun's hitting it. So, right, where are we going? Where are there? I'm sorry. Looking for the Bible. It's right in front of me. Pause it for a second. Okay. So. The rest of the day, we're gonna go and have some BLTs. And the spy would be picked up in an hour by his grandma, who's gonna take him to a soccer game. George, with the namesake, he was picked up by his grandpa, tall grandpa as they call him. And the, he brought him to his game right now. He's, right now, you should be playing your soccer game. So, here we are with nature. I think alone time is paramount as a Christian. And Jesus needed it constantly. And I, are they really on their way back? I think so. Um, Jesus always needed it, but he was always gracious when people wanted to uh, disturb him. I wouldn't say disturb to God, but you know what I mean. He would want to kind of join along in this quiet time. This TV show called The Chosen has done a, a great job portraying Christ. I, mean, I don't know how accurate, it seems pretty accurate. But, anyways. Alright. Second Chronicles 18. <clears throat> I 
Now Jehoshaphat had great wealth and honor, and he allied himself with Ahab by marriage. Some years later he went down to visit Ahab in Samaria. Ahab slaughtered many sheep and cattle for him and the people with him, and urged him to attack Ramoth-Gilead. Ahab, king of Israel, asked Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, Will you go with me against Ramoth-Gilead? Jehoshaphat replied, I am as you are, and my people are your people. We will join you in the war. But Jehoshaphat also said to the king of Israel, First seek the counsel of the Lord. So the king of Israel brought together the prophets, 400 men, and asked them, Shall we go to war against Ramoth-Gilead, or shall we refrain? But Jehoshaphat asked, Is there not a prophet of the Lord here whom we can inquire of? The king of Israel answered, Jehoshaphat, There is still one man uh, through whom we can inquire of the Lord, but I hate him because he never prophesies anything good about me, but always bad. He is Mike, Micaiah, son of Imla. That's actually funny. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Sorry. First he comes to the Lord, so the king of Israel brought together the prophets, 400 men, and asked them, Shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead, or shall I refrain? Go, they answered, for God will give it into the king's hand. But Jehoshaphat asked, Is there not a prophet of the Lord here whom we can inquire of? But the king of Israel answered Jehoshaphat, There is still one man whom we can inquire Okay, now I'm, I'm trying to understand it. So maybe they didn't bring together the, the prophets. Because they asked about the counsel of the Lord. I'm confused. Okay. Sorry. The king, starting back on verse 7. The king of Israel answered Jehoshaphat, There's still one man whom we can inquire of the Lord, but I hate him because he never prophesies anything good about me. But always bad, he is Micaiah, son of Imla. Okay. The king should not say that, Jehoshaphat replied. So the king of Israel called one of his officials and said, Bring Micaiah, son of Imla, at once. Dressed in their royal robes, the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, were sitting on their thrones at the threshing floor by the entrance to the gate of Samaria, with all the prophets prophesying before them. Now Zedekiah, son of Kenanah, had made iron horns, and he declared, This is what the Lord says. With these you will gore the Arameans until they are destroyed. All the other prophets were prophesying the same thing. Attack Ramoth Gilead and be victorious, they said, for the Lord will give it into the king's hand. The messenger who had gone to summon Micaiah said to him, Look, as one man, the other prophets are predicting success for the king. Let your word agree with theirs and speak favorably. But Micaiah said, As surely as the Lord lives, I can tell him only what my God says. When he arrived, the king asked him, Micaiah, shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead or shall we refrain? Attack and be victorious, he answered, for they will be given into your hand. The king said to him, How many times must I make you swear to me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? Then Micaiah answered, I saw all Israel scattered on the hills like sheep without a shepherd, and the Lord said, These people have no master. Let each one go home in peace. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Didn't I tell you that he never prophesies anything good about me but only bad? Micaiah continued, Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the hosts of heaven standing on his right side and on his left. And the Lord said, Who will entice Ahab, king of Israel, into attacking Ramoth-Gilead and going to his death there? 
One suggested this, and another that. Finally, a spirit came forward, stood before the Lord, and said, I will entice him. By what means, the Lord asked. I will go and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets, he said. You will succeed in enticing him, said the Lord. Go and do it. So now the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of these prophets of yours. The Lord has decreed disaster for you. Then Zedekiah, son of Kenanah, went up and slapped Micaiah in the face. Which way did the spirit from the Lord go uh, when he went from me to speak to you, he asked. Micaiah replied, you will find out on the day you go to hide in an inner room. The king of Israel then ordered, take Micaiah and send him back to Amon, the ruler of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, this is what the king says. Put this fellow in prison and give him nothing but bread and water until I return safely. Micaiah declared, if you ever return safely, the Lord has not spoken through me. Then he added, mark my words, all you people. Oh my God. <laughs> now I'm understanding. Um, so the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I will enter the battle in disguise, but you wear your royal robes. So the king of Israel disguised himself and went into battle. Now the king of Aram had ordered his chariot commanders, do not fight with anyone small or great except the king of Israel. When the chariot commanders saw Jehoshaphat, they, they thought, this is the king of Israel. So they turned it and attacked him. But Jehoshaphat cried out, and the Lord helped him. God drew them away from him. For when the chariot commanders saw that he was not the king of Israel, they stopped pursuing him. But someone drew his bow at random and hit the king of Israel between the sections of his armor. The king told the chariot driver, Wheel around and get me out of the fighting. I've been wounded. All day long the battle raged, and the king of Israel popped himself, propped himself up in his chariot, facing the Arameans until evening. Then at sunset he died. So I, I think Jehoshaphat wanted all of the prophets, not just the ones that said, yes, go to war and, and, and you'll, you'll win. I think Jehoshaphat wanted to make sure that all the prophets had advised them, which is why one of the reasons Jehoshaphat survived that battle, because he cried out to the Lord. He wanted to hear from everyone. Like, we said before, like I said before, Joseph had had the spirit of discernment. I mean, he must have because he did not uh, want to just follow these yes men. It seemed like he, he probably didn't trust these prophets. So, good on Jehoshaphat. Chapter 19. When Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, returned safely to his palace in Jerusalem, Jehu, the seer, the son of Hanani, went out to meet him and said to the king, Should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Because of this, the wrath of the Lord is upon you. There is, however, some good in, free, in you, for you have rid the land of the Asherah poles and have set your heart on seeking God. Jehoshaphat lived in Jerusalem, and he went out again among the people from Beersheba to the hill country of Ephraim and turned them back to the Lord, the God of their fathers. He appointed judges in the land, in each of the fortified cities of Judah. He told them, Consider carefully what you do, because you are not judging for man, but for the Lord, who is with you, whenever you give a verdict. Now let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Judge carefully, for with the Lord our God there is no injustice, or partiality, or bribery. <coughs> Sun just came in. Oh, my face. <laughs> In Jerusalem also, Joseph had appointed some of the Levite priests and heads of the Israelite families to administer the law of the Lord and to settle disputes, and they lived in Jerusalem. He gave them these orders. You must serve faithfully and wholeheartedly in the fear of the Lord. 
In every case that comes before you from your fellow countrymen who lives in the cities, whether bloodshed or other concerns of the law, commands, decrees, and ordinances, you are to warn them not to sin against the Lord, otherwise his wrath will come on you and your brothers. Do this and you will not sin. And Moriah, the chief priest, will be over you in any, concern, any matter concerning the Lord. And Zebediah, son of Ishmael, the leader of the tribe of Judah, will be over you in any matter concerning the king. And the Levites will serve as officials before you. Act with courage, and may the Lord be with those who do well. Chapter 20. After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites, with some of the Meunites, came to make war on Jehoshaphat. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the sea. It's already in Hazazan Tamar. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. And then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in the front of the new courtyard and said, This is the prayer that Jehoshaphat said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. O our God, do you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary from your name, saying, If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before the temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. But now here are men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of this possession you gave us as an inheritance. O oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. So, Jehoshaphat is, and I'm going to finish this thing, but I'm going back. Jehoshaphat is, is actually recounting the, the prayer that Solomon gave there. When Solomon said, uh, I think that's, yeah, when we cry out and you'll save us. Um, all the men of Judah, with their wives and children and little ones, stood before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Je Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite and descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly. He said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge of the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the, deliver the deliverance the Lord will give you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Jehoshaphat bowed with his face to the ground, and all the people of the Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshipped before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Kohathites and the Korathites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Early in the morning they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah, and prepare, and people of Jerusalem, have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. 
After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out to the head, uh, at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab on Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The men of Ammon and Moab rose up against the men of Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder and found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing and also articles of value, more than they could take away. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it. On the fourth day, they assembled in the Valley of Berakah, where they praised the Lord. This is, what, this is why it is called the Valley of Berakah to this day. Then, led by Jehoshaphat, all the men of Judah and Jerusalem returned joyfully to Jerusalem, for the Lord had given them cause to rejoice over their enemies. They entered Jerusalem and went to the temple of the Lord with harps and lutes and trumpets. The fear of God came upon all the kingdoms of the countries when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel, and the kingdom of, Je of Jehoshaphat was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. So Jehoshaphat reigned over Judah. He was 35 years old when he became king of Judah, and he reigned in Jerusalem 25 years. His mother's name was Azubah, daughter of Shili. He walked in the ways of his father, as Asa, and did not stray from them. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. The high places, however, were not removed, and the people still had not set their hearts on God of their fathers. The other events of Jehoshaphat's reign from beginning to end are written in the annals of Jehu, son of Hanani which were recorded in the book of the kings of Israel. Later, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, made an alliance with Ahaziah, king of Israel, who was guilty of wickedness. He agreed with him to construct a fleet of trading ships. After these were... Large branches fell, kind of freaked me out. After these were built at Ezion, Geber, Eliezer, son of Dodavahu, uh, Mereshah prophesied against Jehoshaphat, saying, Because you have made an alliance with Ahaziah, the Lord will destroy what you have made. The ships were wrecked and were not able to set sail to trade. Then Jehoshaphat, excuse me, chapter 21. Then Jehoshaphat rested with his fathers and was buried with them in the city of David. And Jehoram, the son, his son, succeeded him as king. Jehoram's brothers, the sons of Jehoshaphat, were Azariah, Jehiel, Zechariah, Azarihu, Michael, and Shephatiah. All these were the sons of Jehoshaphat, king of Israel. Their father had given them many gifts of silver and gold and articles of value, as well as fortified cities in Judah. But he had given them the kingdoms of Jehoram because he was his firstborn son. When Jehoram established himself firmly over his father's kingdom, he put all of his brothers to the sword, along with some of the princes of Israel. Jehoram was 32 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem eight years. He walked in the ways of the kings of Israel, as the house of Ahab had done, for he married the daughter of Ahab. He did evil in the sight eyes of the Lord. Nevertheless, because of the covenant the Lord had made with David, the Lord was not willing to destroy the house of David. He had promised to maintain a lamp for him and his descendants forever. In the time of Jehoram, Edom rebelled against Judah and set up its own king. So Jehoram went there with his officers and all his chariots. The Edomites surrounded him and his chariot commanders, but he rose up and broke through by night. To this day, Edom had been in rebellion against Judah. Libna revolted 
at the same time because Jehoram had forsaken the Lord, the God of his fathers. He had also built high places on the hills of Judah and had caused the people of Jerusalem to prostitute themselves and have led, that had led Judah astray. Jehoram received a letter from Elijah the prophet which said, This is what the Lord, the God of your father David, says. You have not walked in the ways of your father Jehoshaphat or as Asa, king of Judah, but you have walked in the ways of the kings of Israel, and you have led Judah and the people of Jerusalem to prostitute themselves just as the house of Ahab did. You have also murdered your own brothers, members of your father's house, men who are better than you. So now the Lord is about to strike your people, your sons, your wives, and everything that is yours with a heavy blow. You yourself will be very ill with a lingering disease of the bowels until the disease causes your bowels to come out. Oh, my Lord. The Lord aroused against Jehoram the hostility of the Philistines and of the Arabs who lived near the Cushites. They attacked Judah, invaded and carried off all the goods and found the king's palace together with his sons and wives. Not a son was left to him except Ahaziah, the youngest. After all this, the Lord afflicted Jehoram with an incredible and curable disease of the bowels in the course of his time. At the end of the second year, his bowels came out because of the disease, and he died in great pain. For his people made no fire in his honor, and he had, as they had for his fathers. Jehoram was 32 years old when he became king, and he reigned Jerusalem eight years. He passed away to no one's regret and was buried in the city of David, but not in the tombs of the kings. Wow. He passed away to no one's regret. That is an amazingly profound sentence. I'm underlining that. It reminds me, uh, the other night, I was laying in bed with the namesake, and he was, you were emotional. Mm. What the heck is this? Your mom just texted me a map. <laughs> um, he was emotional. Sometimes you are at night, and... You said, Dad, are you going to die one day? I said, yeah, I am. And you're like, when? Hopefully not soon. And I tried assuring you that it probably won't be for a very long time. Hopefully in my 80s, 90s, if I'm blessed. If not, you know, death comes to us all. We don't know when, but it will happen. And I wasn't really that reassuring, but I didn't want to give any some false hope, you know, in case I got hit by a bus the next day. But I have a feeling that when I pass away, many people will be sad. And uh, if you're not, that's fine. I don't get to dictate how you guys mourn me, if you choose to mourn me. So, so I won't. I won't. Um, your, your grief process is up to you. Hopefully, you won't have to deal with it for a very long time. You know, going through some stuff in my truck. I bought some apple caramels. And boy, are they bad. But I kind of want another bite eating them. They're like, not good. Anyways, um, another short episode, just 20-something minutes. 18 through... What did we do? 18 through... 18 through 18 through 21 so I gotta make sure I it's been so long since I've actually posted these but I'm doing a good job recording them so love you kids uh can't wait for this camping trip to be over so I can have a shower though (laughs) I love you all 
and uh, and everything you do, do it for the kingdom and our king. God bless. The Bible says he's a king of the Jews. He's a king of Israel. He's a king of righteousness. He's a king of the ages. He's a king of heaven. He's a king of glory. He's a king of kings, and he is the Lord of lords. Now that's my king. David said the heavens declare the glory of God, and the fundament showeth his handiwork. No means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his solar supply. No barriers can hinder him from pouring out his blessing. Well, well, he's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. And he's impartially merciful. That's my king. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He stands alone in himself. He's august. He's unique. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's supreme. He's preeminent. Well, he's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the supreme problem in high criticism. He's a fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the cardinal necessity of spiritual religion. And that's my king. He's the miracle of the age. He's the superlative of everything good that you choose to call him. He's the only one able to supply all of our needs simultaneously. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He starves God's and he dies. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. Do you know him? Well, my king is a key of knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. He's a master of the mighty. He's a captain of the conquerors. He's the head of the heroes. He's the leader of the legislators. He's the overseer of the overcomers. He's the governor of governors. He's the prince of princes. He's the king of kings, and he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. Yeah. 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 That's my king. My king. Yeah. His office is manifold. His promise is sure. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Well, I wish I could describe him to you, but he, he's indescribable. He's indescribable.
Yeah. He, he's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. I'm trying to tell you, the heavens of heaven cannot contain him, let alone a man explaining him. You can't get him out of your mind. You can't get him off of your hands. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. The witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. That's my king. Yeah! He always has been, and he always will be. I'm talking about he had no predecessor, and he'll have no successor. There was nobody before him, and there'll be nobody after him. You can't impeach him, and he's not going to resign. That's my king. is the kingdom and the power and the glory the glory is all his thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever and when you get through with all of the forever then amen yeah.